Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today we're talking with Heather Lee. And I've got to say, Heather's uh, combination of businesses that she runs is, is somewhat unusual. Heather's involved in the death care industry. Uh, she runs a cemetery. But she also, through her business experience, realized that there might be a better way to network and, and really to educate other business owners on things that they need to know but are either afraid to ask or they don't know where to find a resource. This conversation sort of found me, and I'm so glad that I got to know Heather and find out what she's doing. I think you'll find it interesting, and I hope you watch it to the end. Stay tuned. Well, we're here with Heather Lee uh, on this episode of Footnotes. And, and Heather, I know you and I have not known each other that long. We were introduced through someone else in our firm. Um, and you're doing some interesting things, but I think you're, you're probably the best person to talk about those things. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing, and then we'll, we'll dive in from there. Absolutely. John, thank you for this opportunity. It's an honor to meet you and your staff and your team. Uh, so I am the owner of Greenhaven Memorial Gardens and Life Tribute Center located in Elgin. And I'm also a death doula, and I help individuals understand the, the process of death and what they need to do in order to prepare. And then as an entrepreneur and business owner, I started an, or, an organization called Better Business Education Training and Relationships. Um, there are a lot of things that entrepreneurs do well and a lot of things we don't do well. And uh, so I'm kind of spread out a little bit to help our community in many different facets. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that um, if, if someone's made it this far in the episode and they're thinking like, oh my gosh, like we're, are we going to really talk about death? You know, and it's something where um, everyone's going to experience it. <laughs> one, yes, in one way or another. If you haven't already, and I know we talk with our clients about, you know, sort of that catastrophic planning in, in their business. But, you know, when you and I were talking sort of before this episode, one of the things that really struck me was day in and day out, you have to have very hard conversations with people. They either have experienced loss or they are about to. Uh, either, and they're about to either because someone they know is is terminal or, or going to die within a certain period of time that they understand, or they just know because they're a human being, they are going to die at some point. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of business owners think about tough conversations they have to have with a business partner, with a vendor, with a client or customer, with a team member. What's it like when you have those tough conversations with people in sort of a, a state of just heightened emotion, maybe unclear thinking, you know, they're grieving or, or they're, they're pre-grieving, if you will. I mean, just take us into, how do you do that? It can be challenging because oftentimes individuals in that state of mind don't know how to formulate the question and they really don't know what their concerns are. They're very fearful of the process because dying is a one and done. You don't yeah. get to redo. There's no redos or whoops, I wish I would have. And so my objective when I meet with a family or an individual is like, there's no silly question. There's no question that you can't ask. When you walk into my office, I tell people, listen, this is a wide open conversational area. Tell me what's on your mind and let me help sort through that. Individuals who are grieving or fearful of that conversation are so relieved afterwards. And it's just a matter of finding out where they are and, and asking really good questions. You know, tell me how you feel about that. 
Explain to me what your previous um, encounters have been. So I'll share a little story with sure. you. When my grandmother was passing away, I called my middle brother and I was like, hey, you need to come up here and say goodbye to grandma, blah, 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 blah. And I had no idea what happened to him as a child. So even in our own families, we have some dynamics that happen that can create other situations. I had no idea that when our great-grandfather had passed away years ago that our crazy little grandma had picked my baby brother up and set him in the casket to kiss Grandpa Carl goodbye. Wow, okay. Wow, right? <laughs> so imagine having that conversation with somebody who's had a very traumatic experience. And so I have to get on their level to understand, well, what happened? How do we back into that? And how do we have a conversation that makes them feel comfortable? And it's all about focusing where they were when that issue occurred and talking through that. And I will tell you, it's not a one and done as far as a conversation. I have conversations with individuals over a significant period of time as well. And, and they feel that comfortable on, I have a couple clients that are like, oh, my car brought me here. I don't know why I'm here. And I'm like, okay. And they come in and, and they had something weighing on their mind and yet they didn't know how to express it. And they didn't understand who they could talk to. They didn't have a, a concept of where they could go to and, and have a, a refreshing, freeing conversation. And, and oftentimes I tell people that, you know, if you're fearful of it, let's go for it and expose it. Because once fear is exposed, then it's in a, a way that they can and deal with it and, and add words to that situation. So it's a long it's a it's a long process. You mentioned that you know um, when one of those goes well, that there's sort of a sense of relief from the other person. Where do you think that comes from? Because they understand that it's education, it's fact, it's something concrete that they can wrap their mind around. Um, I tell individuals, you know, um, don't believe the person that was on the operating table and saw the white light for 30 seconds and came back and tells you all about everything. You know, for me, I want to talk to the person that's been dead for five years. Hey, what's it like? <laughs> tell me what your experience has been. You know, what, how cool would that be if we could come back and tell people that, listen, you don't have anything to worry about. The, the, the biggest fear that people have is, is death painful? What about my family and all the woulda, coulda, shouldas that I'd never corrected while I could have? Mm -hmm. And I've had, as a death doula, an opportunity to have that conversation with a number of individuals who are terminal, who are facing several weeks of uh, imminent death, and what does that look like for them? And it all comes down to, I wish I would have corrected this situation. I wish I would have said this to that person. And so I help them through that. If that other individual is still around, we coordinate a way for them to have that conversation. And the relief that those individuals experience is mind-blowing. It just You can just see the weight lifted off of them. And then they come to terms with their process. Yeah, in a way, that is the do-over. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you, you can't, uh, redo the death thing, but maybe some of the living stuff, you can do that. You know, and I think about, um, again, those business conversations where we're not talking about, you know, death, mm -hmm. but, you know, it seems there's a lot of parallels in terms of like 
conversations that need to be have had, but they are not for whatever reason. Maybe it's the urgent versus the important kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But do you see any parallels there between, you know, that type of conversation, but a different topic? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I actually have a client. Uh, <laughs> I have a client who owns his own business. And one of the individuals or several of the individuals that work for him have said some things to their clients. And I was like, how dare you let that continue? Because that is the face of your organization. And if they're in there talking trash, you know, whether you're late from lunch and impeding upon their appointment or that this is an emergency or whatever, you know, that's not how staff should be communicating to your clients. Mm -hmm. And so how do we direct that? And what I did for him was hooked him up with an HR person that's gonna come in and do some education and give him a platform that it's okay for him as the owner to say, listen, we can't have that kind of conversation occurring in my office, and this is why. You know, when we are, as entrepreneurs, responsible for the pay that other people in our office receive, that's pretty important to have those tough conversations. And it's the success of your business and the success of having good employees. I mean, that just makes everything so much easier. Sure. Uh, if we don't have those good conversations, that's where we see profits go down. We have a difficult time with inter-office relationships. There's so many more challenges by not having those tough conversations. What do, you, what do you think are the barriers to those to those conversations? I mean, I'm sure that people are listening to this. They know what they are, but I think it'd be important for you to just tell us what you see as, as some of those barriers. I don't want to hurt their feelings. <laughs> you know? Or, well, if I say something to this person, what about that other person that's doing this? Or what, there, there are so many difficulties in, in personalities in expectations. And so when we are not very clear about that, that's where these other little components fester. And I think the biggest the biggest challenge for individuals having tough conversations is how to get started. Where do we find common, common grounds to get started? Because if I come at you and say, you know, John, listen, you know, we can't be eating other people's food out of the refrigerator, <laughs> you know? Yeah, if we don't have common grounds, then you're gonna look at me as an authoritative person, somebody that's just not really interested in who I am as a person. So I really feel that a good place for individuals to get started is, is find common ground. You know, I hired you because you bring X, X, and X to my uh, company. You know, I wanna keep you because you bring X, X, and X to my company. Now, for our company to be successful, we have to do this. How can how can we make that transition? What do you what do you need as an employee or um, <clears throat> as another staff member to be able to feel confident that you can express yourself? Um, I have a new hire, and I'm adamant. Like there's so much that goes on in this office. There is nothing wrong with asking a question. There is no stupid question in here, and I know our listeners are going to go, there are stupid questions. (laughs) Yes, there are. (laughs) There are stupid questions. However, when it comes to our business, when it comes into what we are doing, we have to be open and give good grounding information back so that that individual knows what our expectations are. So it sounds like, and again, I'm going to kind of pull from, you know, we're talking about this sort of this business thing, but then going back to sort of your, your day job, so you, you've put an invitation out there to say, hey, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to embarrass you. 
Um, and so in a way, I think a lot of business owners would say, all right, well, I put the invite out there. I've told them to come to me if they have questions and I want to answer them, but they're not coming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in the death care business, how, how do you create an environment where even when you've given the invitation, the other person sort of takes you up on it and, and sort of you, you're able to kind of get into it. You're able to, to have that conversation. Is, is that something to focus on or is that not a thing? No, no, it is a thing. And I'll, I'll tell you how that happens. Uh, and actually, I have a, had a, a current situation just just happened with. I had, uh, we had a burial and um, I am never pushing more than what the expectation is to have that person buried that day because that's a long-term conversation, whether they need other products, other services, et cetera. And so we had had the service and then we were working on the headstone design. And so I completed the design, sent it off, didn't hear back. Didn't hear back from my customer and I'm like, uh-oh, something's wrong. Sent a text sent an email, did a phone call, nothing's happening. So it's been two months. Finally, the, the client comes in and she shares with me that she was concerned about the cost of the product. And I said, okay, and her concern was, and this is a legitimate concern, and, and, I, and I really hope our listeners hone in on this part right here. She stroked a very large check for this service and was not prepared for that and in retrospect is wondering now, what did she buy? Because her spouse is deceased and buried, what did she buy? Because she doesn't have anything tangible to see what she just purchased. And so somebody had gotten in her ear and said, well, when I bought my monument, it was only X, you know, we'll say $1,000. You know, the one I'm selling to her is significantly more and so she chose not to respond to those previous texts, emails, and phone calls because somebody had gotten, in her, gotten into her ear and was convincing her that she overspent. And so when she came in to the office, she was clearly distraught. And I was like, I closed the file folder, put it aside. What's going on? Help me understand where you are. Because if you help me understand where you are, then I know what information you need. And by the time in the end of our conversation, she was like, you know, that does make a whole lot more sense. This person paid $1,000 15 years ago. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so it's like trying to, like you and I comparing taxes. Oh, you got this benefit, but I didn't. Okay. Well, right. well we have different situations. Everything is different. Right. And that's where it's like, let, help me understand where you are. Right so that I can give you the information that you require. And she was fine when she left, and she was so thankful that I took the opportunity. And at that point, okay, can we can continue with the business transaction? Because I'm gonna put all this away, because this is no longer a business transaction. This is a personal, and this sure. is where, where can I help you, and what resources do you need to move beyond this? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's cynicism out there, and sometimes it's rightfully so that if money's changing hands, you know, then then it's it's only because someone had had a there was someone who was at an advantage and someone at a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the money would not have you know changed hands. And um, again, I think I understand why people you know feel like they've gotten something that wasn't valuable or they like like sure. your, like your client that you just described. But I think that's 
It is some of the time, but it's not all the time. But we sort of start thinking that these negative things can be all the time as opposed to just, well, right. some of the time that's what that's what happens. Um, so shifting gears, you know, one um, again, I'm, I'm aware of, and we need to make the audience now aware of, um, is that you you've also have another business um, that that you started. Um, that's also a helping profession, but it's not on the death care industry, but it's more in, well, I'll let you describe it, but it's interesting how one led into one led the, to other. the other. Yeah, exactly. So, um, better business education, training and relationships, uh, was born out of a need that in all of my networking and not in organized networking, this is more in just getting out into the community, going to these different table topics, going to the different chamber events, anything that put me in front of other people. And I realized that in formal networking groups, it's all about the referral, about the lead. It's, you know, you come into this and, you know, you're going to get X back. My thing is we have a lot of great entrepreneurs who are working their passion and they're terrible at another component, whether it's the financial, the hiring, the management, the HR. You know, I'm in my business because I love dealing with individuals who are struggling at this time of their life and feel that I'm very confident in helping them. Um, and I saw as a community where a lot of entrepreneurs were struggling and it's like, why are you struggling so much? What what are the challenges? And so Better was designed, um, our format is that we have our first week of success and celebrations. As entrepreneurs, and I'm guilty of this, is that nose to the grindstone. Sure. I'm, I, oh, that yeah, that goal was met, move on. That goal, move on. We don't take the opportunity to relish in our success and say, hey, I got that one. I accomplished that. Right. The second week we have an outside presenter come in and, and I have a little story on this one too. So about a year or so, uh, Jessica Mackey, which is our district nine representative for Richland yeah. County Council, uh, she had just won her seat and uh, I invited her to come out and have a presentation. Tell us about what's going on with Richland County. What can we, what do we need to know as entrepreneurs? And who would have thunk a year later, I needed her assistance because I have to go through a rezoning issue. And it's like, how cool is it that I already have that established relationship with her because she came out and presented to our group. And it's so important that we have those resources available because we need to know what growth is happening around us. What are the laws dictating our businesses? What are HR policies that we're violating or not improving upon? So there's so much that we need to know and being a good steward in general to our community. And then our third week, we have uh, BrainSpark, which is what challenges are you having in your business? Let's pick one and, and dive into that. Who has a resource? Who has a solution? Who has a recommendation? And then our last week is uh, the books. And I, I told our group, I was like, man, I don't want to be a book club. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what ended up happening out of that was we have had some really fantastic uh, books one, uh, which is absolutely my favorite, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It has a fantastic workbook. Chris Voss is a retired FBI agent and he was a negotiator. And the, the theory of his book is, you know, negotiate, negotiators don't say, okay, you perpetrator, keep one, I take one. Right. You know, it's like, no, what, what do we need to do in order to be successful in closing out this, this problem? 
And one of our members had a situation at one of their um, men's groups at church or something like that. And he was like, you know, I could have said, well, that's just the way it is and moved on. Mm -hmm. Instead, he took one of the theories out of Chris Voss's book and he, he paused for a moment and he utilized this theory. Not only did it solve that problem, it actually revealed a whole nother problem. He's like, man, I felt like a superhero when I walked out. And going back to those tough conversations, he could have said, that's the way it is. Yeah. And instead, it ignited a whole thought process for everybody to become involved in the decision and what that final resolution was. He said their, their men's group is so much better now because of having that one moment brought out of this book and the conversations that we had over that. Um, another fantastic book that we just finished up was Marketing by the Numbers, and that came through the um, another program that I'm involved in. And entrepreneurs, understanding your finances. Sometimes your CPA is not giving you all the information you need. You know, they're getting your, your finances done so that you're not gonna get audited and move on to the next year. And these are, again, tough conversations. Am I fiscally responsible? Do I understand that even though I have money in the bank, I could be out of business in six months? You know, how, many, how many entrepreneurs are filing bankruptcy or for, filing for divorce? <laughs> so let's keep them employed, let's keep their business afloat, and let's keep their families together. And I think that you know, being a good steward in that in that regard uh, as entrepreneurs is very helpful. So, what what types of entrepreneurs are you seeing uh, in in this program? A lot of them are independent owners and um, or franchise owners. And so we have real estate attorneys, we have estate planning attorneys, uh, some real estate agents, a couple financial consultants a chiropractor, uh, auto mechanic in the trades, plumber, electrician, flooring. What's interesting is one, one young man who had been with us for a while and then left and then came back, and it was exciting to see him and the growth that he had experienced. So he is now the top one of 15 out of their entire organization and just received a fantastic vacation. And, and it's nice to know that Better is helping and assisting them in their growth process, that they're looking at things in, in a different perspective. We do what we do because we love doing that. How can we be better at focusing on our business in a way that it's going to have longevity? Uh, that's, that's what we really focus on is that, that opportunity that you can do this and not wear those 50 different hats <laughs> <laughs> that you burn out in, and then you're giving it up in a couple years. It sounds like, are you guys meeting in person? Mm-hmm. What, what's the, I mean, you talk about some of the results that people are, people are having, and even just the, the diversity in um, just parts of our economy that are represented in a group like that. I'd be really interested to get your take on what's the magic, if there is any, in putting just people together in a room why does that seem to work so well when, when people learn together? I think that it's because each of us independently have such a narrow perspective. And so I'll go back to the books and it's we have open conversation and discussion because we could look at something and you have you see something and have a very individual perspective of what you're getting from that. I look at it and go, oh, well, this is what I gained from it. 
And then when we have that open conversation in a safe environment, not all groups are safe environments. You know, they're, they're, they, they, you know, come back to each other and it's like, no, that's not right. Or, you know, how, why do you believe that? And we, we have a very open concept in that everyone has a perspective. And if we can help shift that perspective that makes more sense to their business or to their family, then I think we've done a really good job in helping them grow. And I think that it, just like in any education, as long as you're growing through that and you had that experience and now you understand that this is how it had been and this is how it can be, it makes a huge difference. And my groups have challenged me in many different ways. I, as a cemetery owner and a death doula, really don't need their, it's hard for people to refer business to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're so coming your way eventually. They're coming but my yeah. way eventually. <laughs> However, that immediate referral, you know, if I'm looking for that, then I'm going to be, you know, I'll be really old. <laughs> yeah. right. So instead, it's an opportunity for me to learn, well, what does, what are the needs in our community? Do we know what they are? How do we, you know, so out in our little neck of the woods, we're rapidly growing in that direction. What's coming out that direction? How can we as a business owner prepare for that? What buildings are going to become available? Uh, we have an insurance agent that is looking for a very specific location. So all of us have eyes in that area for that individual that when that opportunity arises, that he can take advantage of it. So it's you have more than one person. I like to think of it as advisors. Sure. We have multiple advisors in our group that, you know, we have the, the tried and true that are on their way to retirement. And then we have some really young people coming up. Right. And I do want to focus on that for one second. There's a, uh, Bruce Tulligan did a book, It's Okay to Be the Boss. And he has an organization called Rainmaker and has done a lot of white papers. For the first time in history, we have now five generations in the workforce. So how you and I perceive business is very different than the 25 and 30 year old and how they perceive business. And so we have to get away from, well, this is how we've always done it, nose to the grindstone, and you'll be rewarded at the end. Right. That, that, that doesn't fly anymore. And so our verbiage and, and our direction and how we run business is very different from their perspective. And that's the other thing that Better does is we bring the young people in and say, okay, how can we learn from you as well? Because there are things that you're bringing to the table that we need to be aware of for our younger generation. And, and that's the other part, too, is that we want to see them be successful. Yeah. It's interesting that you've put it together that way, because just even my observation just around here and, and even in, in kind of what we do on a, on a daily basis is, you know, specialization is a big thing and, and sort of birds of a feather flock together. And so business owners of a certain, in a certain, you know, industry group or, or even sort of slice of an industry group, like they, they, they really hang out with those people. And, and that makes sense because they're able to, you know, probably share more technical information and things that are specific to what they're doing. Um, and I think in terms of where we get advice, um, most people get it through some kind of screen and through some kind of media product that has become very adept at serving them what they're going to like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and we kind of leave it at that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, you hear it time after time where you get into groups of people who are individuals, who have their backgrounds, who have their birth date, who have their, 
business that they're in or, or their vocation, um, that that's also diversity and that sometimes you just have to be in a room together, you know, as opposed to searching something in a media device um, or just going to your sort of very industry specific kind of technical sharing group, for mm -hmm. lack of a better word, uh, but just to kind of kind of branch out. And I think that um, actually people need to be reminded of that today. I, people are aware of that and, and, and that's not um, sort of a novel approach. Mm -hmm. But it's starting to seem more novel, you know, than it, than it used to be. And I think that's one of the things that I was just intrigued about when I was, you know, under, beginning to understand your story was, on one hand, you know, you, you've got this, this day job that I think most people who haven't encountered it yet in a personal way would think is kind of odd. Mm -hmm. And then you've got this thing that's born out of experience and maybe kind of some of your own search for that kind of help. And it's like, well, not really getting it here, not really getting it there. Why don't I just build it? Exactly, and that and that's the thing. It's like uh, our guest speakers are rock stars, and it's <laughs> uh, I've been challenged by our group to to bring certain individuals in, and I'm like, okay, I'll do my best and, and see if I can track them down. And it's amazing on when you ask. If you just ask, people are more than willing to share their expertise or their advice or what's happening in the community. And I think that sometimes we, we become so centered on our specific industry that oftentimes, and, and especially in my particular industry, there's a pretty narrow way that we're reaching out into the community. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. very narrow way. And, and, and so for an example, um, I'll go back to uh, the, the younger generation. So we have a, a We Free Library on our property at uh, the cemetery. And it's there's there's a whole thing about We Free Libraries. Didn't even know this. And my new hire's like, oh, well, let's just make bookmarks with the Greenhaven Memorial Garden information on it, put in all the books that are donated. I'm like, <laughs> it didn't take a rocket scientist to right. figure it out. But right. yet again, that came from somebody who is into books and into in, inexpensive advertising. And I'm like, I love that. You know, so in my narrow perspective, I would have never thought of that. And it took somebody else from outside to, to look at the situation. And I think that when we get too narrow, we forget what's needed on the outside. And we, we end up missing that mark. We end up missing a, an advertising opportunity. We end up missing a connection or a relationship. So I think that when we, when we expand upon that and when we open our minds to what other people have done or experienced, we don't have to do verbatim what they did. Pick a nugget. That's all we need, it's just a nugget. And that will be helpful in uh, to expand their businesses. Well, Heather, maybe as we wrap up, I mean, what <laughs> would you say to that person who's listening and they agree with everything you're saying, um, especially on the networking stuff and about being in groups, but they just don't think they have the time or it, it seems so different from what they're normally doing to join something like that. I mean, what would you say to them to maybe help them become more comfortable or really see the wisdom in being a different fish in a different mm -hmm. pond, at least on a, you know, for a couple of weeks? Time, time. Everybody has the exact same amount of time. We Now, on the death end, you know, we don't know when our time is up. Right. <laughs> so. Right. On a business perspective, though, you only make time for what you feel is necessary. Mm -hmm. 
And if the individual is struggling, if the individual is, they don't understand why their business is not being successful or they're not able to reach into a, a particular area, they need to step back and take that time in order to evaluate what they need to do. And, and an entrepreneur that chooses not to do that, well, shame on them. You know, just like for an example, all of last year, I was in the first cohort of the MBA program that the chamber is doing. The amount of time that it took to participate in that program was significant. And I had to look at that and, and equate that to what is the value I'm getting? So that time equals this value right here. And to me, that was incredibly important. So as an entrepreneur, as a business person, we're, we are going to spend money and time where we think it is valuable. And sometimes the individual has to get smacked around a little bit by their business to understand that, hey, maybe I don't know all of this. Maybe I do need to have this resource. Maybe I need to have you know, that one-to-one -one connection. And, and I look at our groups as mentors as well not only advisors as mentors, we have a couple people who are, you know, within five, six years of retirement. That is institutional knowledge, and that is also generational knowledge in business ownership. I mean, imagine somebody having their business for, you know, 40 years, yeah. and the amount of wisdom and, and going back and saying, you know, well, what was important? Now that you've made it this far, what was important? And having that, that, that resource is incredible. And so people are only going to invest their time where they feel it's valuable. I can't arm wrestle them into it. I can't arm wrestle them into it. I've had so many people come in like, man, do you know how hard it is to be here at 7.30 in the morning? Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that's on you to figure out, not on, not for me. You know, this is, we have a group of individuals that are committed to this because A, they know the value that they're getting out of that. Sure. And, and we do so many different things in different ways that it, it's hard not to get value out of that. Um, just the, our guest speakers alone and the books alone have been incredibly, uh, an inexpensive resource. I like to think of it as, are you gonna pay several thousand dollars to go to a weekend retreat and you get all of this uh, uplifting and you get all this uplifting information, you get all of this uh, support and then you get home and you didn't even write down five things that you wanna make happen. Right, right. And you, you spent a lot of money, you had a good time yeah. and you didn't implement anything. Right. Yeah, so there's a whole level of accountability. Yeah. Well, Heather, Thank you for what you're doing uh, in, in both of your endeavors. Um, it, it's been fascinating to learn about it and just to hear just your story of, of not what you're not only what you're doing but why but why you're doing it. Um, and as we wrap up, where can people find you online or on social media in, in both of your businesses? So uh, GreenhavenMemorialGardens.com. Okay. Uh, and we are located in Elgin, and we serve a, a big area. Uh, greater metropolitan Columbia, as well as out of the state. Uh, better is betterbusiness.org. And they can- Spell that's B-E-T-R. B-E-T-R business.org. Yes, thank you for that correction. <laughs> uh, or that, that acknowledgement because it is business education, training, and relationships. B-E-T-R and then the word business. Dot org. Dot mm -hmm. org, okay. And then on social media, you just put in Heather Lee. L-E-I-G-H, and a bunch of stuff will come up. <laughs> so.
So pick one. Click yeah, it. just pick one. Uh, I'm not that hard to find, and uh, I am yeah through the Columbia Chamber, uh, Northeast Columbia. I'm not that hard to find, and and I I welcome any questions or concerns or suggestions from your audience, and uh, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to continue this again on another topic. Well, thank you so much for being here, and and thanks for being willing to sit down. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it.